My name is Nicole Baron, and you're listening to The Woo Woo Report, a weekly podcast where we celebrate the woo woo lifestyle and dig deeper to get our mystical questions answered. Hello, everyone. I am here today with the pleasure that I know in person and also on the interwebs. April J from Resilience Reiki. Hi, April. Hello. Hello. So before we get into all the goodness of your spiritual gifts and your your profession, I wanted to know what your sun sign is, your moon, and your rising. Awesome. Hello, everyone. My sun sign is Aries. My moon is Pisces, and my rising is Leo. I knew your I knew your air your sun was Aries, and then your rising is that's really interesting. Yeah, double fire. My my birthday is April Fool's Day. Oh my god! <laughs> that's, that's why I got my name. My parents weren't very creative in the moment, I guess. <laughs> oh no! But I love that. That's really cool. I think. I mean, I think a story, even if it is just like something like a simple story without just being this crazy backstory. I think that like when there's a story to it, it's always, there's a significance to it. Cause my parents don't, I, I don't think they had, there was any story with my name whatsoever. <laughs> they were just like, I liked it. And they pretty much were going to switch my, had two names and whichever one didn't fit correctly was going to be my middle name is what happened. So it's not like super super fun story. So yeah, but I like that you, that you were born on April Fool's Day. That's kind of a cool, I wonder, has anyone ever asked you if that's you pulling an April Fool's? Yeah. Like every time it's my birthday and I go out or something, they'll say April Fool's, right? I'm like, no, seriously, do you really want me to get my ID out right now? So <laughs> So it's been fun. Um, and it's, it's cute when I tell kids too, and they're like, that's so cool. You have the name and you have the month and it's fun. It's a fun little like fact, I guess I have about myself. It is. It's like one of those cool little things that would be on like the IMDB <laughs> part of your profile. <laughs> okay. So what is your favorite crystal and why? Okay. So I have two and I know it's like, just pick one, but I love my classic go-to is a rose quartz and it's just because it's the the love stone, it's love crystal, and it's just such a great tool for protecting you, especially if you're doing this intuitive work. And even if you're not, if you're just stepping more into a self-love for yourself and the people around you, it can be just such a great crystal. It brings me so much joy and love into my life. So I'm really grateful for it. But I also really like Amazonite. And it's because I was going through a lot of my own deep healing and trying to release some attachments that I had just in picking up some energy from the work I do. I get really deep into other people's energy. So that one was one that really helped me release a spirit attachment that I had. So it holds a really special place in my heart. How would you describe your spiritual gift? So I'm a Reiki master. So I really feel like a lot of my gifts come from working with Reiki's energy, but the gift that came along after I got trained in Reiki was the ability to see people's stories and hear messages for them that I could give to them to unveil their truth. So what I really take 
a lot of great pride in doing is just showing up for people and showing them their truth that they already know and they have deep inside of them. But the way that I work energy healing into it kind of pulls those layers of lies that we have thrown upon us from society or trauma or whatever it is so that people can really see their truth and get clarity around their purpose and why they're here. And so I, although I say I'm a Reiki master, I really pull in psychic medium, mediumship and I'm very clear audience. So I'm hearing very specific messages to tell people when I'm working with them. That's really cool. I've never, I've never had Reiki healing done. <laughs> it's like one of the woo woo roads I have not wandered down yet. And I don't know why. And I, I don't know if it's because like what I like about what you do and, you know, the first time I really started to, you know, funnel down your Instagram and look at your business was that you do have that other aspect of it with using your like psychic mediumship gifts, because I think at least for me, I, I like like some unique flair when people do their work, like something that, that they can bring that's really personal to them and is I guess like unexpected in a lot of ways. Cause a lot of what that healing reminds me of it's, I know it's not the same thing, but for whatever reason, I make the same connection with acupuncture and I'm not sure why, but it reminds me of like more physical body work. If that makes sense. And I don't know if that's really like, I don't really know what Reiki healing is like, what is it? Yeah, that's a great place to start, right? I think it's I think when you're saying about acupuncture it makes a lot of sense that that's what resonated with you about Reiki because some practitioners really do work with those meridians and acupressure points and treat it more as a, a physical modality. Although it has such a spiritual element to it, every practitioner does it so differently, and I think some practitioners really just touch your body and they do bring healing to you, but they don't talk to you necessarily about the spiritual element of it or the ancestral healing behind it. And they don't necessarily tell you what's going on. And in Reiki, we're taught to really use discernment with what we share with our our clients and our patients. But for me, I just had such a profound understanding of the messages that were coming through for me that I just felt so convicted in telling people about that right? Like your soul is telling me a story when I do Reiki. So I really want to share that with you. So kind of backtracking what Reiki is, is it's this hands-on light touch stress reduction technique that promotes healing in your body wherever you need it. And it comes from Japan. And basically the practitioner is using their hands as a conduit or their body as a conduit to bring really clean, pure energy through their body into your body. So that wherever you need it, if you're having energetic blocks in a certain chakra or a certain part of your body or a certain part of your mindset, that pure life force energy will flow through to that part of your body, cleanse it, clear it, and release any negative energy, negative chi for for you so that you can have more clarity and more um, understanding around like what your purpose is, or just really relax in that part of your body that you might not have had in your entire life. So what I do is I utilize that Reiki energy to help me cleanse and clear. But in addition to that, I like to 
go a little bit deeper and say, okay, I see, you know, your throat chakra is blocked, but let's figure out what happened to make that happen for you. Let's figure out what trauma or what difficulty was passed down from generation to generation for you. Or maybe you had significant trauma there in your body at one point in your life. Let's figure that out so that we're not just doing a band-aid situation of cleansing that chakra. We're really going deep and having this cognitive trauma-informed understanding about what happened. And then maybe pulling in some pure spirit guides to help facilitate some healing in that as well. So you can maybe see how the basic understanding of Reiki is wonderful and it's so healing and it's such a great modality. But for me, I like to take it a step further and help you understand it too. Understand where you're spiritually holding negative energy so that you can work on that and you can take that to the next level for your healing. So it's really something it sounds like, I mean, that's my jam is stuff that you can, um, go to on a regular basis. So it's not really like acupuncture. I only did acupuncture when I was pregnant, but it wasn't something that felt layered and deep enough where it's like, okay, you should do, and I'm not saying like anything spiritual. It's like, you have to do X amount of sessions this many times, but it's something that like the more someone worked with you, the more they could work to really this is such like a gross visual, but like, you know, when someone gets like a cut and there's like gravel in there and all this crap that like really got deep in this cut, like you can't, like you said, like slapping a bandaid on, it doesn't really clean out that wound. So if someone worked with you, the more they worked with you, the more you could really like clean out and heal that. Is that like, that seems like what a lot of the work is. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. We're like going deep into that wound and we're going to sit there for a while and I'm going to call in really pure guides and healing spirits to help you do it because you don't have to do it on your own, right? Whereas maybe some of the other modalities are going to go into that wound a little bit, throw some stuff in there, tell you about it and then get out of there. I want you to sit with it so that we can really honor, honor that wound honor any coping you're doing around that too. Cause some of the negative coping that we do just, we have to honor it. We have to thank it because it served us in some way. Mm-hmm. And then I ask you to release it. So we're really doing a, a step-by-step process and I'm, I'm walking with you in that because it's really painful. So I always tell the people that come see me, you know, this isn't going to be a massage <laughs> because massages can feel really good and it's really relaxing And Reiki is super relaxing and gentle, but it's powerful in the way that it really makes you look at your stuff. And that's why I choose to see people multiple times rather than just kind of a one and done situation, because I I really think when you're digging that deep into a wound, you need to feel supported. You need to feel like you have someone that can help you, you know, get that gravel out and and know where to put it too, right? And help you figure out some ways to, to set it down. I am such a believer in active support. Like it's something that I love seeing other people practice in their business and something I practice in mine, because it's like, you can say something to someone and that's nice. It's like, if you went on, um, you know, like say like you went on an adventure and you're like, I want to go back to school. It's nice. If people are like, yeah, that's great. I support you. But I think as a society, we forget, we need active support. We need people that are really there Mm. and supporting us in more ways that are than just words especially healing work and spirituality is about like all of that. And it's not just, I mean, words are so powerful, but I just find when I just have so much respect for people like you and other healers that really 
are aware of that active support and ongoing work that needs to happen and that it's an offering that you make available. So thank you for that. Thank you for that feedback. I think I really liked what you said. I think it was in you, in you talking about your course too, you talked about some courses that you've taken. They said that they were going to hold people accountable, but it didn't, there was no follow through. Yeah. Um, Like you didn't really feel like there was an accountability piece to some of the courses and that you wanted to implement that into yours. And I think accountability really is just about pulling in that, you know, person that's reliable and they're going to help you in your healing or that they're going to help you in your business journey. So I think you're paralleling that in such a great way too. Thank you. So with the, so with your like mediumship abilities, when did you realize you had that gift? So it was way before I stepped into this journey as a healer. I always felt as a kid that I could sense things around me and I was extra aware of other people's energies and I could pick up on things. And a lot of that had to do with my own experience with trauma. You know, as, as kids of trauma, you're generally hyper aware in a negative way, but I could see that being a huge gift as well, because you, you're more tuned into other people's energy, how they're feeling, what they're doing. So I think that's kind of where it, my gifts generated from, but I never really paid attention to them until after college. I was working in child protection investigation and it was just really stressful. And I started going to yoga classes and then I started going to yoga classes that felt a lot more spiritually aligned. Like we would do guided meditations. And one day I ended up taking this course that was basically yoga plus tapping into your intuitive abilities. And I think it was just because I felt like something was there, but I didn't really know how to get further into it. And then being from the Midwest, it felt a lot more closed off to more of this intuitive holistic work. So yoga was the next best thing for me and yoga is incredible, but it felt really safe to go to yoga class to explore my intuitive senses. Um, So I ended up doing that class and in there, she helped us cleanse through some block, some blockages that we had in order to get more in tune with whatever our gift was. And so we did this exercise where we were paired up with someone that we didn't know at all. We just had met them and we did a meditation to get more in tune And she asked us to tell us something about the other person across from us. And when I touched that person's hands, I was able to see so much of her story and what she was going through in that, in that period of her life. And I was able to tell her something really specific. Like I see that you're a veterinarian and you're really thinking about moving across the world to do this job. And my guides and your guides are coming together and say, you should really do it. You know, and, and she just, clarified that she is a veterinarian and she was thinking about that in that moment. And I was able to see that for her and help bring some clarity and truth around that for her, even though I had met her two minutes before. So that was a really profound moment for me, just being able to see that person in their truth and bring that truth through words to her. And I, I set it down though, because it was scary to me. Like, whoa, that was, that was something I never experienced before. I don't know what to do with this. My job at the time was very quite black and white and structured and in a system that wouldn't really support that. So I left it alone and, but it kept nagging at me and I kept feeling like that was something that I had to come back to at one point. And that was the first time I really explored it. And I, like I said, I set it down for years. And when I moved to Portland and I was a mental health therapist, 
I just, the, the nagging got so loud. Like, this is the place you will become a healer in. This is the place you'll step into your mediumship. Through a series of events, I ended up finding this Reiki class. And as soon as I took that Reiki class, I started having the ability to really clearly hear those messages on a whole different level um, and started seeing um, guides and ancestors and light in a way that I, I know I wouldn't have been able to if I hadn't cleared some of my own energetic blocks and stigmas through Reiki. So that was kind of my journey of stepping into it. And ever since then, it's I've had such a, an intuitive ability to hear, see, feel, sense things that people aren't necessarily feeling for themselves. So I like to say, I'm not necessarily your healer, but I'm your guide to your healing. And I'm your guide to stepping into psychic mediumship too, if you're wanting to do that. I have a little off, off tangent, but... So I, it's interesting because I, this keeps not like coming up like directly, but in a lot of ways from other people. So I, you're talking about how you like see and hear things and I experience those as well, but I, people ask me how they're supposed to know when they, I just, I would love a piece of advice you have for anyone listening that, you know, is maybe going like, I think I have these abilities, but I don't know. I, for me, they were, I think more supported when I was younger. So it, to me, it seemed normal, if that makes sense. Like I'm more used to it. Like I don't, um, I'm not like hyper aware of the, that two parallel worlds in the sense of, oh, this is, you know, a sensory thing that happens for me when this happens. Like it does sometimes and sometimes doesn't, if that makes sense. Like I get, you know, Sierra tells a story of like, when I get a bunch of energy charged with me, like I shake my hands out and now I know I have to tell people that because they're like, what is she doing? Mm-hmm. It's just so like normal for me to do, or, you know, I'll get like the ringing in my ears or I get really cold and I'm just used, I'm so used to those senses, but I get asked often, how, how am I supposed to know if I'm receiving a message or if I'm seeing something different or if I'm, you know, experiencing something that is spiritual. And, and I really struggle with answering that for people because I feel like everyone's so different and unique that like, I'm like, I don't know if I can really answer that offhand, but I would love any insight you have just from your own experiences. Cause I'm wondering if there's just some way to start talking to people on the show about what's something you experience. So maybe someone can connect the dots for them as well. Does that make sense? Like I get ringing in my ears and I get really cold and my hands need to be like shaken out. Do you have any like signals like that when you know something's coming through? Yeah, that's such a great question because I think it, it can feel overwhelming and we question ourselves, right? Our unhealed ego can get in the way and say like, no, you're not intuitive or that's not a sign or that's not the spiritual realm trying to teach you something or guide you because that's what we're taught not to do. And I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you were supported in it in some way when you're younger, cause that really helps too. So if you have kids and you're listening out there, you know, don't shut down anything that they're, they're talking about as far as like seeing things or hearing things. That's my number one advice is like, if you have children to support them in their journey, if they're talking to you about connecting to spiritual realms or they're talking to you about seeing things or seeing color, you know, it's cliche to say, but like start them young so that when they grow up, they can trust their intuition and they're able to make wise choices and make divinely ordered 
moves. So that's my one piece of advice for people that are parents out there. And the second piece is, you're right, everybody feels and connects in such a different way. And again, I know this will likely sound cliche in a way as well, but I really had to step away and meditate in order to get clear about my gifts because I'm, I have I'm human design, like I have an open head. And so I'm taking on so much of other people's stuff I when I'm out around. What was that? <laughs> I do too. Yeah. And so it can be hard to like know what is mine and then what's, what's a spiritual message coming through or what's a, right. what's an intuitive ping for me. So I have to take time to be alone and just meditate. And one of the simplest questions that I ask God, the universe, whatever your belief is, by the way, Reiki doesn't associate with any religion. So whenever I say God, it's just your God. But I say, like, show me exactly what I'm supposed to see right now. And so if I'm not able to meditate away from people and I'm in an experience where there's other energies around, I put my hands on the area of my body that I'm feeling like warmth because usually warmth for me is the light coming through, which Reiki talks a lot about light. And usually when I'm seeing or feeling light, there's a message there for me. Um, so a lot of times those messages are coming through either on my throat chakra or on my heart. So if I'm in a room with somebody, I'm feeling like there's a little bit of a, an, a spiritual tug, like I'm supposed to hear or feel or see something, I'll put my hand on my heart and just in my mind say, take a deep breath into my heart space so that it's cleared of anybody else's energy and just say, show me exactly what I'm supposed to see or tell me exactly what I'm supposed to hear here. And generally something will come through, usually warmth into my hand at that space and I'll, I'll, it'll just hit me like, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to be here right now or I have to remember to do this because that is what my truth is telling me to do right now. Something like that. So asking yourself, you know, that simple question can be helpful. And then asking yourself where in your body is generally like that, that gateway where the spiritual messages want to come through for you, if that makes sense. So really paying attention to your body, but I'd say also meditating away from people so that you can get to, into the habit of feeling in your body where that is supposed to come through as well. Meditation such a, is interesting because when I started getting into meditation, I mean, I was doing, I was meeting with someone, you know, a couple times a week and we would do these deep, intense meditations. And I think it did a really big disservice to me because I really thought that that's how I had to do it every time I had to like do it for two hours. Mm. And it's been really interesting to learn over the years that I think everyone, it, they find their own rhythm and kind of like that good sweet spot of what they really, you know, need. Like for me, it's about 20 minutes is like kind of my sweet spot of being able to get in that mind frame. But it's just really because it's so popular. I think it's interesting to see and just hear everyone's different version of getting into that meditative state, what they use to like go into that space, you know, is it, does music help? Does silence help? Does it, you know, I know some some people really like to be like out in the sun when they do it. I could not do that, but (laughs) you know, some people really do. So I think it's really interesting, like meditation and how people use it in their everyday life and how they really make it functional. That makes sense. Like adaptable to their, their lifestyle. I think it's really 
It's really beautiful to see that. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be in the quiet room with the shades down and it's so dark, you know, it's whatever works for you. A lot of time when I was taking public transportation for a job I had in Portland, I would, I would do it on the bus. You know, Mm. I would just sit there and listen to music and that's meditating. Yeah. One thing too, if you're getting stuck on how do I start is if you're into pulling cards is just pull one card and just sit with that card Mm -hmm. and stare at it and just let that take your mind wherever it wants to, you know, it's just about getting, getting quiet and not trying to shut down your thoughts, but just let them pass through you. Mm -hmm. So you have a course right now called return to resilience. It's a, well, it's a program. It's a course program. I'm calling it a program. Yeah. Program. Program. Okay. Uh, tell us about that. Yes. Thank you. So return to resilience is a program that I created And it's a five-part journey to get you to living closer to your light. And so why I created this program was I was really realizing over the past year, year and a half, working with individuals with my Reiki program, my Reiki individual sessions in general without a program was that it was super powerful and effective, but it wasn't consistent enough. Um, so a lot of, a lot of us love taking time from, for self-care, but we don't do it as consistency or as consistently as we would love to. Um, so you go get a massage, you know, once every two months, but the in-between you're really struggling, right? So I wanted to create something that was consistent for people to really tap into their transformative journey. So this five-part program consists of four 90-minute sacred soul sessions And a sacred soul session is that type of work that I was talking about earlier, where I combine Reiki, psychic mediumship, spirit attachment work, aromatherapy, chakra, or I'm sorry, yeah, chakra cleansing and crystal healing. And so each 90 minute session brings all of that together, as well as a talk therapy aspect at the end, because uh, I probably didn't mention in this session yet, but I used to be a mental health therapist. Um, but, and so I really value that type of work, but I realized it couldn't just be that type of work. So I'm bringing all those things together in four 90 minute sessions for you. And they're in person and they're each week for four weeks. And in between each session, I'm providing you with homework to keep you accountable to stepping into your journey to help you have reflective questions and practices and teaching you to meditate and teaching you how to create an altar. If that's something that's going to help you tap into your truth, uh, teaching you how to cleanse your energy in the day to day, not just in this room when we're doing the session. Um, I want you to be able to apply these things that we learn in a spiritual space out into the real world, out into your spiritual space in your home and in your work and in your environment. So really bring that applicable piece into it where you can take that into your world. And then the the last piece of that is a sacred soul ceremony that we're meeting as a group. So I'm only calling in about 10 people into this program so that I can keep it really intimate at the end where we come together as a group and share about our journey and take time to do group Reiki and group coaching. And why I brought this piece into it is I just realized that there are some incredible individuals here in Portland that are trying to heal, that are trying to come together in community. And we can't heal in a bubble. We can't heal 
by ourselves, even if it feels comfortable and we want to do it that way. We really need to bring in that community aspect so that we can rely on each other when we're struggling, or we can share some really beautiful things that have happened on our journey that, you know, you maybe haven't thought of, or I haven't thought of, but coming together and hearing those ways that we're healing can be really inspiring. So that group aspect is happening at the end. And I feel so honored and excited to also collaborate with Sierra, which is a photographer here locally, and she's incredible. And we both have this vision to help empower women through photography. And I'm not a photographer, but I've, I felt so empowered in some of the photo shoot sessions that I've done. It's really helped me connect back to my, my inner self, my, my highest power. And this photo shoot is intended to do that for the, the women stepping into my program. So that last sacred soul session will include a photo shoot for you to really step into your higher self and see yourself in such a light that you might not have been able to see from a physical photo. That's the program. And the whole intention is just to get you more clear with who are you underneath all the layers of trauma? Who are you underneath society's expectations or your family's expectations or your friend's expectations on you. This program is really for anybody feeling stuck in their healing journey or that they're really clear about their purpose, but they just need a little bit of extra accountability and energy healing so that they can get through to that space and their vibration. So I'm really excited to offer it. Um, it starts September 9th. I'm offering uh, free consults if you're interested in it all to talk about how this could really apply to you. I'm just really excited to offer this program and. I see it being really successful for people that are ready to do really deep, but really transformative work to become lighter. Do you have any other speaking engagements or events or any other courses that you're offering that, that we can know about in addition to return to resilience? Yeah. So I also certify Reiki practitioners once a month. Um, I have a class coming up September 7th through the 8th. And this is a, a course through the International Center for Reiki Training. It's in person. And in this course, you will be certified in Holy Fire 3 Reiki, and you'll be level two certified. So you're actually able to go out and practice on yourself, on other people, on animals, send Reiki to anyone through distance Reiki. Um, this is for anyone that is interested in potentially becoming a Reiki practitioner and in implementing that into your current practice if you're already in the healing arts. But this is also for anybody that just wants to share Reiki with their family and friends or wants to use it for their own healing. So I'll teach you how to heal yourself as well. So that's a offer once a month if you're ever interested in it. I'll continue to offer those my goal is to certify as many people in Reiki as I can because it has been such a healing modality for me. And I see how it complements so many other forms of healing modalities as well. So always have that as an option. So if I wanted, I missed the last one because I think it happened on my birthday. Um, but if I, so I, should I like, I mean, I'm, I'm asking this for myself also, but just anyone else that's like, I've never done Reiki. Like, should someone, does someone need to do a session with you first? Cause I mean, for me, I think I mostly want it for my family, like to help my family, but like, does someone like, would I, would you suggest doing a session, having the work done on me before I went and trained with you? 
Yeah, I do recommend that just because I truly want it to be a good fit for whoever mm-hmm. I'm working with is in talking to you too. Like I really want you to feel comfortable with my energy and feel like it's valuable because you're going to be learning from me as a Reiki master. And so I, it's good for us to have our energy aligned. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it can really get people excited about, about learning Reiki once they've had it done, because then they're like, wow, this is something that I can really do. And it's so powerful because they've been able to actually feel the energy move through them and how it's been effective for them. So I highly recommend trying a session before you can, before you get into a class, but it's not a requirement at all. And it's a two day class, correct? Yes. It's Saturday and Sunday, nine to six. Cool. I'm definitely going to be looking at that on my, I have a Gemini moon. So (laughs) my, like what feeds my emotions is learning new things and just getting out. So I have like this, ridiculous list of like, I'm going to do this class and I'm going to learn this thing. And then, then this thing. And it's really funny when I look at it and I was like, and then I'm going to try this. So I just love consuming (laughs) what the world has to offer me. We're always learning. I love being a student of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like this because it's so approachable and it's so attainable to just get to get trained within two days you know and it's super powerful too so not only are you learning something new you're going through your own healing journey it's more ceremonial than anything when you're taking that class with me that's so cool yeah so I have that and then I'm also if you're interested in trying Reiki before you get trained or you step into any of of other intuitive modalities I'd love to work with you Um, I'm offering a retreat. So I'll be doing a Reiki workshop, group Reiki and individual Reiki at a retreat called the goddess within it's October 3rd through 5th. And it's in a beautiful space in grand Valley, Idaho. Um, there's gonna be other modalities there such as wilderness therapy, holistic coaching, massage therapy, sacred circles. It's going to be amazing. So that's also something that's filling up. If you're interested in all, just feel free to reach out to me. And on a local level, on September 21st, I am uh, doing Reiki at a self-care event at The Perline, which is an all-women's workspace here in Portland. And this is a great time to come through and just try Reiki out because I offer really short sessions. So you can kind of dip your toes into it. And then there will be other practitioners there offering, offering acupuncture and massage and reflexology too. So that's a fun little event that happens pretty much quarterly at The Perline. Oh, cool. I want to check that out. I love reflexology. I think it's so amazing. I carry all my stress in my feet. So (laughs) we just don't pay attention to our feet enough. I don't think I, my feet have always, it's really interesting because I remember, I don't know if they still do this, but there was like this, I don't even know where it started, but they would put this metal, you put your feet in a tub and they would put like a metal tube in there and it's supposed to pull the toxins out of your feet and like the water, like depending on the color, you could see what toxins were being removed from your body, mm. um, depending on the color of the water. And I thought it was, this is before I really was like super deep into my woo woo. This is like when I was like 19 or something, but I thought it was a bunch of hocus pocus. And then I had it done a couple of times and every time my feet water was like bubbly and like thick green one time and another time it was like clear rust colored and it was really strange and I don't know if that's something that's still like I don't even know how to look that up I don't know if there's any place that offers that but I thought it was so interesting how 
much can be pulled down through our feet and how much stress people carry in their feet, which is why I think so many people love pedicures is because everyone's like, I love the foot massage or, you know, hands to are like, I love the hand massage and the foot massage. And like, we carry so much in our feet and our hands. It's pretty amazing how much we don't realize it until we're getting them worked on. It's so true. And when I do Reiki, it's the feet are such a prominent place of holding negative energy, especially if you think about it. If you think about us as a tree, we're growing from our roots up and we're growing from our feet up essentially. Mm -hmm. And so all of our ancestral traumas and lineage that have been haunted by some really difficult things sit in our feet. Mm, yeah. So the feet are a place of huge release um, for energy blocks, especially ancestral traumas that are happening. So that's probably why you're right. Like we love it so much and we love just having our feet paid attention to because we don't take the time. A lot of the meditations that I do actually are standing meditations so that I can keep connected to the ground instead of sitting or, or laying down. Mm. Do you do grounding at all? Like that's just something I, I think also, cause I have no, I think I have like one, I have one planet in an earth sign. I'm all fire and water in my chart pretty much. Um, but I find, <laughs> I find grounding, like just walking barefoot or just standing my feet in the earth is like, like my feet won't ache afterwards. It's crazy how, <laughs> how much it helps. Mm, yeah. That's a really good way to look at it. I've been, I've been for my own personal healing, um, taking more private lessons in dance and dance movement therapy mm. so that I can work on just balance and connecting to the ground in a way that I haven't really thought of before. So that's been my practice with grounding so far. I took a dance class on Saturday. I saw that looks so good. I had a friend that was also there and just seeing both of your, your dance videos was absolutely inspiring. Dance is huge. It is. It's very, it was so, wow. It's amazing. I wish, I think it's a big fear for a lot of people to dance in public. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was really, really amazing to do that and witness it for others and re-witness myself and like having those videos was really powerful. So a question I love to ask is, do you believe in ghosts and do you have a short story you can share? <laughs> it's so funny hearing that question because I do believe in ghosts, definitely believe in ghosts. It's the way that I've seen ghosts has shifted so much since I've stepped into this work as a healer. So I'll just tell a short story that I have been terrified of ghosts since I was little because my mom was really spiritually connected in a way that I didn't understand. So she would talk about seeing ghosts and how different houses that we had were haunted and things like that. So I was always aware and I believed in it, but I was super shut off to seeing them. And so when I stepped into my training as a Reiki healer, I knew that it could really unlock some of your intuitive abilities. So what I said when I was meditating on it, I was like, please, universe, God, don't let me see any ghosts. I just, I'm ready to be a healer. I'm ready to step into this, but I don't want to see any dead people. And as soon as we went through our first training in the middle of day one, we started practicing on each other. And I saw a woman standing behind my client 
And it scared me so much because I'd never actually seen a ghost before. And I was like, okay, well, I can get really scared in the middle of this class and embarrass myself, or I could just start talking to this woman who I perceived as a ghost. And so I was really shaking and scared and I started talking to her and it was instantly, it just was so kind and fine. And she was having all these messages from my client. And so we were just having a conversation, you know, in my head, I wasn't physically talking to her, but that was my first experience with a ghost or what some people would say as a spirit. And ever since then, I'd say at least once a day, like I have these conversations because it's my job now. So I just thought it was so humorous that the thing I went in there saying, like, I don't want to see any ghosts instantly. It happened for me. So when I think about a ghost story, it's like hard for me to pick one because I, I have those experiences on the daily now, because a lot of times ancestors or spiritual entities will come through and talk to me and, and have those conversations. So it's pretty humorous what you get when you say you don't want something. Mm, yeah. I think also I find most people, what a lot of things that they fear or have been told to fear in their life are the things they need to face the most and are also a big part of their purpose here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. A lot of times our fears are just part of our bigger gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Where can we find you online? What's your Instagram website? Tell us all the places. Okay. So my website is resiliencereiki.com. So Reiki is spelled R-E-I-K-I. So resiliencereiki.com. My Instagram is April Reiki. And my Facebook, I'm Resilience Reiki. So check me out. I offer free consults for any of my services, classes, or individual sessions. So I would love to connect with you. And if you feel called to participate in this program, there's two weeks to sign up. So please feel free to reach out for a free consult. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for talking to us about your gifts. And thank you for being such a healing light in this world at this time on this planet when we need people like you. So just a big thank you from me to you for being present in this time and making space for all these wonderful other souls to connect with. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your gifts as well. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Woo Woo Report. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Nicole Baron, N-I-C-O-L-E-B-U-R-R-O-N to stay up to date on everything woo woo.